How are you? Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. It is our NFL edition. Sean and I jumped right in talking about the Jets and Giants. A little bit longer on the Giants. Sean is obviously depressed. Talked about the Jets, and I am depressed about the Jets as well. Then we went into the AFC, breaking down that entire conference. Then over to the NFC, talked a long time about the Rams because that game was just so much fun. Talked about the rest of the league. Then we went over a few other things in the league news, Le'Veon Bell, Earl Thomas. Went over our mediocre picks from last week as per usual. That's our M.O., And then we went into the future picks. Hopefully, Sean and I can get it turned around. Actually, hopefully, I can just get it turned around. But um, we will have a three-pod week next week. We have our Monday rundown pod, Wednesday NFL pod. And we are going to fit in a Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Lord knows, um, NBA preview as well. So definitely tune in for that. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the site. As always, we'll be putting up some new articles soon on SorrySports.com. And shoot us an email with any suggestions. If you just want to say, hey, whatever you want, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. And enjoy the pod. All right, everybody, welcome back to, sorry to interrupt, it is the NFL podcast this week. We are doing the Tuesday, as we mentioned yesterday, Yankee baseball tomorrow. So we're honing in tonight, recapping week four, going into week five. Tom, quick turnaround, man, what's up? What's going on, man? They should just call us the mediocre podcast, because yet again on our picks, we went two and two. Fucking ridiculous. This is so bad. Yeah. This is so bad. Although, we'll, we'll get into the game later on. Fucking Browns, dude. Yeah, man. They had that in the bag. You got hoes, but that's bad coaching, and, you know, you can't ever... Awful calls, too. Yeah. There were some horrible calls, but... There were, but bad coaching. Yeah. There's a reason, as I've said, that Hugh Jackson has won one game in now over two years. Two games. Get it right. Two games. They beat the Jets. Remember? (laughs) Last week. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Okay. So Let's jump right in. We're going to go Giants. in. I want to talk about my New York Giants. Last week, I was feeling good to be a Giants fan for the first time in a while. It first went right back to the regular, uh, oh, right, they lost, and I'm numb to it now. What a horrible performance again against the Saints, and they lead off, you know, the defense holds the Saints, they get the punt, and then the Giants score on a, a Sterling Shepard touchdown pass from Eli, who goes 8 of 8 on that first drive. They look good, man. They, You know, everything was fine. And I got to say, to their credit, they held New Orleans to four field goals in the first half on a couple of drives that easily could have been touchdowns. But it's the same song and dance. The defense doesn't get off the field, and I don't want to hear any stats about how, you know, they don't give up a lot of big plays. The amount of third-down conversions that opposing teams have against this defense is absolutely stunning. And you would think that a Tim Betcher defense would be a lot better than this because that was his calling card in Arizona, and he has the personnel to do it. And every third, it's not like these are third and twos. And I get the Saints are really good offensively. Third and sevens, third and eights. You know, guys just can't wrap up on tackles, getting beat to the corners same old thing and then of course from the offensive side non-existent you can't get Saquon Barkley the ball in good spots for him to do damage and Odell Beckham after he got his contract has essentially been non-existent to no fault of his own 
Eli, that was the first game that I looked at him and say, here's the deal with him. His numbers are not bad. He doesn't have any interceptions in that game, but he missed a couple throws, and they're just not letting him throw the ball deep, and I think it's because he they know he's not capable of it. So as you use the term check down Charlie, that's essentially what he has become, and that was a pathetic performance offensively against, once again, a really bad defense. That same defense has gotten torched in every game this year, and of course... What better way to get right than to play the New York Giants? Yeah, I, I was going to say, when it comes from the defense of the New Orleans Saints, I don't know if this is more a product of them rounding into form because they had a really, really good defense last year or a product of the Giants just being an anemic offense. I it's think that. it's somewhere in the middle. I think it's much more Closer to the big. Giants, yeah. absolutely. The fact that you have two of the better offensive weapons in football being Shaquan Barkley and Odell Beckham and you can't, get them the ball in good positions. Like you said, it's not Odell's fault, and it's definitely not Shaquan's fault. It's on Eli, and it's on this offensive line. And I also have to say it's on coaching. Shermer has not done a good job. Mike Shula has not done a good job. This offense is so fucking vanilla and bland. They go out there and run the same thing every single week. It's the same offense. It's not exciting. It's not what you would expect from a team that has the personnel. You know, if this was a team like the Eagles – or any team that had the same personnel as the Giants with, you know, some offensive line struggles, whether it's injuries or just lack of production, you know, they would drop some trick plays. They would find a way to get their, you know, a playmaker like Odell Beckham the ball in space. The Giants aren't the only team with a bad f- offensive line, and other teams are putting up 30-plus points. Kansas City Chiefs don't have a good offensive line. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, not that they've been good, but they've scored points in bunches, don't have a good offensive line. Indianapolis Colts, yeah, you can I go can on go down, down the, the line. line. And, yeah. But they figure out a way to score points by getting the best out of their offense. But if I see another wheel route that goes to Shaquan and he gets tackled for the, a loss, yeah, it, I, it's terrible. It, it's it, the same thing and, every and, single week. And we said this, you know, I made the comment, I think it was week one or week two, and, and you totally were in lockstep with me. If we know, watching the game, what play they're going to run and how obvious it is, I'm quite certain that opposing defensive coordinators and defensive personnel knows what's going on. And no matter how explosive of a talent you are, I mean, you look at Beckham, he gets the ball, he's got three guys surrounding him. No matter how good Odell is, he's not getting out of that. Barkley, same thing. I mean, listen, I know that you lose a really good weapon in in Engram for a couple weeks, but that's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. You still have offensive talent on this team. I mean, even Sterling Shepard out of the slot – He's one of the best slot receivers in football. They should be exploiting, you know, matchups and using him to the best of his ability a little bit more. And they really, I mean, they really need to open up the playbook for Eli Manning. I don't think they want to. I think that they understand what his limitations are, which is really bad because they invested in him. Every move they made this offseason pointed the signs to saying, we believe he still has enough left that if we give him the necessary talent. You don't sign Nate Solder to the richest offensive line contract in football history if, you don't, if you're not trying to win now. You don't draft if, Saquon Barkley if you're trying to win now. If you're going all in now, some change needs to be made, whether it's the quarterback or what. And I know Eli has given you two Super Bowls, and I know when he retires you might cry on air during the podcast because he, you know, he's basically your big brother and whatnot. But I'm it's not ti- you. <laughs> it's time for Eli Manning to to step down. There's guys out there that you can trade for. Tyrod Taylor. I mean, we James uh, Winston. You but can again, name a few. Again, again, 
I'm not going to replace Eli Manning with another person who I don't believe is going to give them another chance. I don't look at Tyrod Taylor and say that he's going to make this team a 10-win team. Okay, I think you, I think you, with Tyrod Taylor and a few other backup quarterbacks, they're better than Eli Manning at this point. I think Tyrod Taylor Maybe. with that offense can and a decent offensive coordinator and not Hugh Jackson as his head coach could have a better chance than Eli Manning right now. And I understand. Maybe not 10 wins, but he can at least get you to 8-8, eight and eight, have a salvageable season. And then, like you said, they may trade up and go and get, you know, the 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 Oregon quarterback or whoever it's going to be at the end of the year to be their guy next year. Or they could go... Hashtag 2 of 2020. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or they could go ahead and, and win two games again, like last year. Have they got to draft an offensive lineman. Season. Yeah. Dra- draft Williams, the the offensive tackle out of Alabama. He's a pure left tackle. They can move Solder over. I think that would secure a lot, especially when you have Will Hernandez at left but guard. But again, the quarterback. But that, again, but, uh, so that's the thing, though, is they made a conceited effort to tell their fan base and themselves, look in the mirror and say, this year, we believe that with the talent around him, Eli is, a cor- Eli is capable of winning us games. Well, you, you got one so win here's and you the, haven't here, scored here's, 30 Here's what either forever. happened. They either were completely wrong or they were trying to make an excuse to last year, which is still a conspiracy theory I hold on to, trying to make amends for what they did to him last year. Or they were just so completely wrong, and that's obviously ownership, not coaching, because these coaches weren't here last year. Or it, they've just gotten it so completely wrong that within a couple weeks they're realizing. But you know what? Then if that's the case, then that's really horrible personnel reflection and analy- and analyzation because how, how in God's name can you look at it and say... Week 10 or you going to see uh, uh, or, Loetta or whatever his yeah, name is? How, no, because I, I think that, again, is... I'm still not at a point where I'm saying this is totally on Eli or this is totally on the offensive line. I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think if you put Kyle Oletta out there, he's going to have any kind of real success. I, I'd be willing to see it if it's a totally lost season. Well, but, that's what I was saying. Yeah. By week 10, is it going to be a totally lost season? I just don't think that he's the quarterback of the future. I, and once again, they dropped the ball. And I don't know what Sam Darnold's going to be, man. I, I don't. I But you know that I still believe he's going to be very good. But I would be much more excited if I knew I had a guy like him backing up and I'm seeing Eli take these lumps and we have a competent backup or at least a guy that you have an ability to look at and project as your future quarterback. Whatever they say about Loletta, he's a fourth round pick out of Richmond. He could be great. You know, the odds are stacked up against him. So you mentioned Sam Darnold. Let's move on into the Jets. This one's going to be a quick one. There's not really much to say. He went down to Jacksonville, and we knew exactly what was going to happen. We both picked this game right. They, the Jets went out and they got smacked. They really didn't look great defensively, which is honestly what I was looking forward to was that and hopefully seeing a little bit better of game control and coaching when it comes to the penalties. But this offense looked bad against a really, really good defense, and their defense looked bad against a Blake Bortles run offense where – Blake Bortles runs hot and cold. One week he could be lighting up the New England Patriots, and then the next week it could be a 9-6 to game against the Tennessee Titans, and they lose that game. But you got, I guess, good Blake Bortles this week. The Jets made him look like freaking John Elway. And D.D. Westbrook looked like Randy Moss. Um, I mean, there's not really much to say. I wanted to see a lot more out of the defense. Darnold, you know what? He needs to face these good defenses. He's going to take his lumps. 
And he you didn't know, have a terrible game. No. And and I don't expect He anything. had an Eli game. Not many turnovers, but he didn't throw for a lot of yards and I don't I don't expect anything crazy. Sam Darnold had his breakout game. It just happened to be really early. It seems like years ago at <laughs> this point. The defense and it just so happened that that breakout game was also the defense's breakout game and the special teams' breakout yes, game because they haven't done anything since. That was a really fun game, but you know, you see it every you're seeing it almost every week just because there is so many rookies this season. Um, you know, Josh Allen had his breakout week against Minnesota last week. How do you look this week against the Packers? Right. It was 22 to nothing. Baker Mayfield had his breakout week, you know, against the Jets. This week he made a lot of mistakes. That was just a terrible game. You should have covered. That game should have they should have covered. And you should have But he won also that game. showed a lot of really good things in but that Sam game. But Sam Darnold shows it every week. But my point is and Josh Rosen the same. He's going to have his week as well even though He's probably on the worst offensive team and defensive team out of all of those guys. Ah, maybe the Bills. Who the hell knows out of those two? I was just going to say. Two worst those, teams those, in the league. Those two, you can flip a coin. But my point being is that these all four of those guys are going to look up and they're going to look down. They're rookies, but what you want to see out of them is just you know that they're they're continuing to learn the playbook and they just continue to look like professional quarterbacks out there because with these guys they're going to show flashes of brilliance. Sam Darnold's going to make a throw on the run that not too many quarterbacks aside from Aaron Rodgers went healthy and a few Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson can make. But then there's going to be times where Sam Darnold throws a ball into triple coverage that he should have never Yeah, thrown. I don't worry about Darnold. What I want to what I want to get your opinion on and quick talk about is What's the deal with Todd Bowles? And, and and honestly, this team plays so uninspired sometimes. The lack of discipline that we spoke to last week against Cleveland killed them. And, you know, say what you want about Darnold and allow his growing pains to take place. That's why you made the decision to have him be your starter. You knew that. That that has to be a concerning performance defensively because Blake Bortles is not that good. Well, it's just it's not just the defense. It's the coaching in general to me. The fact that they have two serve, you know, their running game is one of the better running games in the NFL when it comes to Isaiah Crowell being a between the tackles back and a guy that can pretty much just run in, even outside the tackles. He's your lead back, he's your three down back, and then you have Bilal Powell as a change of pace guy, and you're not going to them at all. It makes no sense to me. And then on the defensive side of the ball, it's just they don't have any schemes. They're running the same thing every time, and this is one of the this should be, just by the names and by the talent, this should be one of the best defenses in football. When you have Leonard Williams on, we the, offensive, they would be. on the defensive line, you have safeties like Marcus May, Jam- uh, Jamal Adams, and then a secondary including you know, Morris Claiborne, who went healthy as a Pro Bowl caliber player, and Tremaine Johnson, who's made a Pro Bowl before. This team should be a lot better defensively, and I think Todd Bowles' days are numbered, to be quite honest. They have to be, man, because you know what? I was listening to uh, the Michael K show out of New York the, yesterday, and they had him on the air. And he sounds the same every single week when they talk to talk him. Talk about uninspired, And, and that's man. what I was going to say is, you know, your fan base is getting sick and tired of this. And I and this the philosophy that I had on Todd Bowles was this. He's not going to be graded off wins and losses because if you insert a 21-year-old rookie quarterback, you understand that you are going to have games that you're going to lose, and that's fine. But he should be graded based off of how does the rest of the team look? How does he motivate and inspire and kind of galvanize his guys? Are they you know, less susceptible to critical penalties? Are they playing a little bit more intelligent football? And I haven't seen that at all. I've seen the same old Jets. I know that's one of the most you know, cliche statements that any Jet fan can hear, but 
you know, it really seems that way under him is they're not a disciplined football team. They have games like this that are just complete lapses, and I expected them to lose to the Jaguars. The Jaguars are a much better team than they are, but I expected the defense to keep them down. Listen, the Jaguars scored six points last week against the Titans team that I don't think, even though they have a quarterback who's a little bit more, you know, further along in his development in Mariota, I don't look at their defense and say, wow, that's such a better defense than the Jets. Well, they have Mike Vrabel, and the Jets have, who I'm very high on, as you know from the preview, and the Jets have Todd Bowles. And there's a difference between staying even keeled and never being too high and too low, a la the opposite of John Calipari, where you're jumping around, and we said it during turning time, you're losing your mind. How do yeah, you expect this, your team this, to be? This but doesn't work if you don't win. No, you not know, at all. If you want to be Belichick and you want to be, you know, hanging out, you want to be, you know, just very monotone, or even Pat Shermer, I feel the same way about him. But you he, want feels the thing, sa- he sounds the same way the as Bowles. The thing with Belichick is, and that's that comparison isn't parallel at all, because Belichick is is like that with the media. But could you imagine what it would be like if if your team committed those kind of penalties if Bill Belichick is your coach? Oh, you'd be gone. There'd be hell to pay. Exactly. So no, so no, it's it's not like that at all. I understand what you're saying with the laid back thing, but when it comes to Todd Bowles, it's you can't be laid back in every single asset. And I think Todd Bowles is much better suited, a lot like Rex Ryan as a defensive coordinator than he is a head coach. So how about the Jets stop hiring defensive coordinators with no head coaching experience? Because it seems like they love to do that, and it never works out. Well, well, I guess it's just a wait-and-see kind of thing. But when you have a top quarterback, which I truly believe Sam Darnold can be, it changes everything. Right. He's not now. Well, that's why I said I truly believe he can be that. I'm not calling him a top quarterback now by any stretch. Right. But... When you have that kind of talent and a guy who can just rise above all the bullshit, which is what I truly believe Sam Darnold can do in two to three years, I think that that kind of just trumps everything. And he can make, you know, Mike McCaggins not a, or um, uh, the the head coach for the Packers. He's not oh, a Mike great, McCarthy. Excuse yeah. me, Mike McCarthy is not a great head coach either, but. He's keeping his job because he is Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Well, of course. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to go down as one of the best quarterbacks of all and time. And I'm not comparing Darnold to Aaron Rodgers. But my point is is that, you know, when you have Sam Darnold, hopefully he can just rise above all this bullshit, continue to develop, and they can get the right head coach in there for him. I think they need a more – you know, the L.A. Rams, and I'm going to compare everything to them this year just because they look so great. And Sean McVay yeah, he's is one, one of, your of my fathers. Fan, right. Exactly. They, Sean McVay – does not run that defense. He doesn't call plays because he has a great defensive coordinator in place in Wade Phillips. That's the wave of the league. You get a really good defensive coordinator, you let him take care of that, and you are an offensive-minded head coach, and that's basically the way the league is moving. Right, and obviously, you know, McVay also has the benefit of having one of the best rosters in the league. But I, I agree. He, I mean, he's like a Brad Stevens, another one of your sports fathers, yes. which is why, you know, like it doesn't matter what the talent, you can tell that he can galvanize a team. You can tell he can lead a team. Even if he's young, you know, he commands respect because he knows what the fuck he's doing. And, and to just wrap up and put a bow on the Jets, 
it, it to me it's not about the quarterback. No, and I'm not. It's totally about the defense and the absolutely. culture of non-disciplined football. And if you were to ask me right now, because we're basically a quarter of the way through the season, am I happy with the Jets season so far? You can't be. No, I'm not. Uh, excluding obviously the Lions game, that was a lot of fun. It was a really fun way to. But to how long can you hold on to a game like that? The Bills beat up on the Vikings, who could very well win the NFC. Of course, and that's North. what I'm saying. Aside from that, I'm really not happy with this team at all. And frankly, I'm worried. Aside from the quarterback, who I know is going to develop and be a very good quarterback, I'm really not happy with it at all. The young guys on defense are not playing inspired football, being Jamal Adams and Leonard Williams. And this team's committing more penalties than anybody else in the That's league. That's the thing. And, they, and that has always been the case under a Todd Bowles Jets run team. He, that's what, that's, you know that if you're playing the Jets, you're going to be able to get them on a couple of penalties a game and they come at the worst fucking times. You know, you get a big play here, rock back 15 yards for a face mask, you know, like uh, a defensive holding on third and 10. I mean, the like, biggest exhibit of that is they get the Cleveland Browns to go three and out and then Tremaine Johnson gets a 15 right. yard unsportsmanlike conduct automatic first down. That's, right. That's the Jets season and in to, a nutshell and exa- so far. And like you said with the Belichick comp, and all I was talking about was their demeanors oh, on no, the I know, field. I but know. that's the thing is there is no – I don't want to hear about anything that he could be like in the locker room. Obviously, we'll never know that, and a lot of people who talk football won't know that. But you can tell in the performance of the players week by week when he says, yeah, we got to clean this up, but it'll never happen again. And the next week he goes out and it continues to happen. You know that those players don't fear him. You know those players don't worry about their jobs, and they know he's probably a dead man walking. He doesn't – He doesn't you know, rally the troops, quote unquote, as, as people say, and it shows on the field on Sundays. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I don't know who the next Jets head coach is, but I got a feeling it's not Todd Bowles for much longer. Hopefully they can get a more offensive minded coach. When I say offensive minded, Sean, Sean McVay was a defensive backs coach. He understands the defense, right. but he's also the type of guy where he knows that he's not going to be great at everything and that he can't be a complete micromanager. So he's going to put the best guys in the position to a, a la Wade Phillips to where he can run the defense. Final but, comment on that, though. You know, the Giants hired Ben McAdoo, who was an offensive genius, quote-unquote, because of what he had in Green Bay. John and, McAdoo, and when ben he, McAdoo's an asshole. Agreed, That's but, but, but his first two years as the Giants' offensive coordinator – that team put up a lot of points and yeah. Eli had some of the best years. So they were trying to go with that wave of, of a young offensive mind. And obviously that didn't work out too well. You never know how a guy is going to be as a head coach. Yeah. You know, McVay, you can hit the lottery with, and he's going to coach. Kyle Shanahan. Uh, yeah. And they're going to coach their teams for the next, you know, 15 years and, and have a really good opportunity to win on a consistent basis. Or you can get a Ben McAdoo who just flamed out in a year and a half. You know, it, it can really happen either way. I think, but honestly, what you McAdoo do want to do is more with the, with the fact that he was he was just an asshole. But you can tell that, you know, we can't because listen, we don't speak to him often. Asshole is fine if you win games. He was a different type of asshole because he was an idiot and an asshole as but, well. But that's but, what he turned out to be. But, I mean, it didn't – when they made the hire – But the guy's in your organization. You should know that. He, he, but he wasn't when he was the OC. That's what I'm saying. It's tough. I, if I think if I'm, the, if I'm the Jets, okay, just finally put an end to this here. If I'm the Jets, 
go out and look at a guy on a on a successful organization who's young as an offensive strategy who can also you can pair with a defensive mind because the Jets always seem to be good on the defensive end of the ball take care of somebody who's going to nurture your hopeful quarterback of the next 10 to 15 years and is going to at least inspire the team and make sure that he can lead this team to not have a constant culture of undisciplined play. Completely agree with you there. All right, let's talk about some games that actually matter because our teams are basically already eliminated from playoff it's fucking contention. unreal, man. All right, so let's lead off with the AFC, Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes beat the Denver Broncos lefty. What else How do you have to say? Awesome was that? So I mean, we I finished recording the with that. Play. Yeah, so we so we finished recording last night. I got home. I was able to catch, you know, almost all the fourth quarter, and that play that he made. I mean, remember when you said that he was like, if if Favre, Rogers, and and uh, Wilson could have a mythical child? Well, that was Brett Favre esque right there. Yeah, that was incredible, Just man. Things together, what a man. hell of a play, and what a drive he he put together, and. He is as advertised. I mean, that offense, he he has a great quarterbacks coach in Reed, and he has an awesome abundance of talent on that offensive side. But you watch him play, the cadence he has, the tempo he has, he never seems to get flustered. He can make every throw almost perfect. What a pick, man. Unbelievable. And what a and and you he couldn't have fallen into a better spot. Absolutely. But looking at it from the Denver side, honestly, Denver lost this game. Denver really lost this game. Case Keenum was leading him on a drive. He had he had Demarius Thomas wide open, and, and he would have walked into the end zone. He overshot him, but Demarius Thomas also didn't really break on his route that well. That's kind of a 50-50 on you, on me, one of those things. And then the hook and ladder play with like 13 seconds left. when You, you had to just, do it. You had to do it. I don't I think disagree. they were going to get down and clock it. I disagree. I think if, if everybody is disciplined on offense, they had like 13 seconds when that ball was caught. If he goes directly down to the ground and he flips that ball to the ref, you probably have three or four good seconds to throw a, a mini Hail Mary there, which is, I mean, when was the last time the hook and ladder play actually worked? Uh, yeah, it's been a long time. Exactly. And clearly it didn't work I think it was there. in the Boise State-Oklahoma bowl, bowl game back like 12 years ago. Yeah, and that's college. Lord knows the last right. time it worked in the professionals. So I think they had a little bit more time left. I just don't think that their head coach, McDonald, is, is a very good head coach. And, you know, I'm done betting on teams. I'm done betting on talent. I, I got to start betting on head coaching. We're at 500. I need to make some changes. Sat down, looked at myself in the mirror. But you know what? Good game by Patrick Mahomes. That guy is a lot of fun to watch. He's clearly the AFC MVP. Great Monday at this night point. game too against two good teams. A lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. All right, awesome. So let's move on down the line here, and let's talk about the Titans beating the Eagles in overtime. There's your boy, the head coach. I mean, Vrabel had another nice win. That team's now three and one. Vrabel looked good. Philly is still trying to figure things out. They have a banged up backfield. They a Jai's hurt. Corey Clementis hurt. They just got Alshon Jeffrey, who had a big-time game off of injury. Nelson Aguilar looks lost. And Carson Wentz still trying to find his footing. You see these things, and I said it last week. It's not like a running back coming off of an ACL where you're just running downhill and you're making split-second decisions. This guy has to move around in the pocket, plant, plant, and throw. And he also has to use his brain at the same time and trust his body the way he did before as opposed to just going and running through a brick wall like the rest of these players do. So I think a few more weeks the Eagles are gonna the Eagles are gonna win that division and it's not gonna be hard for them, but I think they'll be fine and Carson Wentz will be fine as well. But yeah, 
Big win by the Titans. Nice game by Mariota. Nice game by Corey Davis. That running game, I mean, Deion Lewis played decent. Derrick Henry is non-existent. I don't know if... I mean, he might be done. I, I don't really know what don't happened know. to him. I was expecting a good year from him after what he did last year. Maybe he just needs, you know, a couple games Trent to get Richardson-esque going. Trent Richardson-esque thus far in eh, his career. He's but already he's been a pro- he's produced more than Trent Richardson ever yes. did. Um, but Vrabel, great job coaching, good job defensively. Uh, that was a fun game to watch. Yeah, they're going to be right there with the Jags as they have been now, both at 3-1. and one. In the in an AFC South that obviously they're putting the the Colts and the and the Texans in the dust. So next up we have the New England Patriots. Should have seen this one from a fucking mile away. Well, we this were- this just reassured everybody in the football world that there's nothing to complain about. There's nothing to worry about with the Patriots. But looking ahead to playoffs, that was an ass kicking. I know. I understand that Gordon's going to get more integrated in the offense as long as he doesn't get himself into trouble. And that they're getting Edelman back this week, which is going to open up the field for Chris Hogan. Sony Michelle goes over 100 yards. I think he had two touchdowns in the game. And Brady was Brady. The one thing that really has me concerned, aside from their defense, which is a whole other story, excluding this week, Gronk is, Gronk is either old or hurt or both. He does not look like Gronk of old, man. He really doesn't. Yeah. I, I, that worries me because... Every big I think game, that's why they went and got Gordon. I uh, think they know that yeah. that's going to be a problem. Every big game that the Patriots end up winning or in Super Bowls when it's close, Gronk has probably more to do with it than anybody aside from Tom Brady and Bill Belichick on the field. And that is going to be a huge loss for them. I know they tried to trade him and he threatened to retire and all this shit. And again, Bill Belichick was right again, trying to get off somebody a year early because he looks like a different player out there. And that... That doesn't concern me for the regular season being that they play in the AFC East, but that concerns me for the Patriots in the playoffs. Moving on to the other side of the ball, Ryan Tannehill looked like hot fucking garbage. And that team looked like hot garbage, which is weird because they were good the last few weeks, but I guess going up to New England, they weren't ready that for the was, challenge. But we talked about that last week, right? I mean, this game told me two things, and they, it was both pretty easy, right? This was a game that the Patriots of old would go in and just dominate. They did. So now, you know, everybody can jump off, you know, worrying about them. They'll be fine. They'll be in the playoffs for sure. And then the other side is you give the Dolphins some national recognition for being one of the 3-0 and teams. You put them up against an actual competition. And God, they did. They lay an egg. I mean, we knew that the Patriots would handle them in Foxborough. I think they're better than this. I do too, but this showed me they're not for real. Because oh, of course. you can't put up a performance like that. I mean, they scored seven points, and they didn't score seven points till till way late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, when the Patriots had called off the dogs at that point. Absolutely, yeah. So we we can check the Dolphins off as a team that's not going to make any noise this season. Yeah, they're um, a fraud, three and one. Absolutely. But moving on to your Houston Texans, that's Deshaun right. Watson played like an MVP this game. The Colts kind of lost that game more than the Texans won it. Andrew Luck. Starting around into form, another guy Threw that the was injured. the ball 62 times. Listen, man, whatever gets it done, that team does not have a great offensive line outside of the, um, I think it's a left tackle from, from Notre Dame. Yeah, Quentin Nelson, yep. Aside from that, they really don't have much. They have no running game at all except for Naheem Himes catching the ball out of the backfield. They really don't have a running game. And um, their best wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, got hurt. Jack Doyle's been hurt. Aside from that, they traded Dorsett. They really don't have much. They All they have is pretty much Andrew Luck. They got a lot of young studs on defense, but those guys are still trying to figure it out. Their defense didn't look great. 
this Colts team is probably a 500 football team, if you ask me. Moving on to the Texans, though. Finally, a semblance of some good team play. Bill O'Brien woke himself up and said, if I don't win this fucking game, I'm going to get fired. I mean, Watson played like an MVP. Their defense is still doesn't look great at all. Well, aside from their pass rush, it's, I mean, they're so vulnerable in the, in, yeah. in the secondary. Absolutely. Um, not Clowney much, had a big game, and, Cl- Watt had, and Watt had a couple of plays, not too. Not much out of their running game. Lamar Miller looks kind of washed, but their passing game is just that good. I mean, Will Fuller, before he went out with a hamstring, he's probably the, you know, the best number two wide receiver in football. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins speaks for himself. And a few other notable players who I forgot their names, so they're clearly not that notable. <laughs> I think his name's Kiki. He went over uh, 100 yards receiving, so he had himself a game too. But MVP-like game for Deshaun Watson, and he seems to be rounding into form. This text, man, we we both picked this Texans team to make the playoffs. I think we both picked them to win the division. I think we were both wrong on that one, but you never know. It's only a quarter of the way through the season. They could make a run, especially in this division, which everybody looks about dead listen, even. Yeah, listen. It, aside it, from Jackson. Right. If 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 Watson can play like this, they have the best quarterback in the in the league. Absolutely. In the division. Keep, I mean, because Andrew Luck, I still think, no matter how good he played the other day, and he will put up plenty of fantasy numbers that, that make his – you know, his owner's really, really happy. You know, he's a lot of five yard passes here and there. He just doesn't have the talent around him to make his, you know, to make his play that much more prolific. Watson can do things that flat out Andrew Luck can't. Absolutely. He he's just another to, guy. He just has to get that knee underneath him again. Yeah. And he's another guy like Carson Wentz. The more he plays, the more he's going to look like the Deshaun Watson of last year before he went down. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. I think he's just going to continue to trend upward. Moving on, the Bengals beat the Falcons on the road. This was a shootout. If you took the over on this one, that's a given right there. Matt Ryan is playing really well, but this defense is banged up. They lost their two best defensive players in the first two weeks of the season. The whole team's been beat up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, your guy Calvin Ridley out of Bama, he looks great. I mean, I think he's got six touchdowns already on the season. Julio Jones is Julio Jones. Freeman is still hurt. This team, I don't know. If they make the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised, but they're, they're a lot like... The Giants, except they're better, but they're I was a lot just like say, they're not a lot like the. The Giants. reason why they're a lot like the Giants is they have a lot of names, but they don't really seem to be producing right now. Uh, they're producing a lot more than the Giants. Well, yes, but <laughs> they're still they're still losing. I, I, games. I would much rather be the Falcons than be the Giants right now. I mean, I think that you know that's a team they put up certainly enough points to win. Their defense couldn't stop, and and so far this year, you got to give Andy Dalton a lot of credit. Red Rockets played quite Cincinnati well. Cincinnati Bengals, I think I said on the preview pod, had a chance to be sneaky this year as long as they could stay healthy. Giovanni Bernard's been holding up the ship for Joe Mixon, and Dalton looks great. He yeah. really does. The thing that I have to always hearken back to when it comes to the Bengals, because we've seen them over the last five years, really in the entire Andy Dalton era, is they'll have games like this during the regular season where they'll go on the road and beat a really good either in-conference team or out-of-conference team, and you kind of raise your eyebrows and go, wow, that was pretty impressive. That's what I did when I saw the final. And then, the, the, you know, the biggest thing for me is how are you going to play against the Steelers? How are you going to play in games as the season goes along and, you know, the, the time comes where Marvin Lewis has to win big games, and if you get into the playoffs – what are you doing there? Because They're to this losing. point, right, they haven't they haven't done shit. So 
you know, good for them. Certainly, if they're playing well, their fan base has to be excited. You know, they're putting the AFC North on notice. They're putting the AFC on notice. But, um, you know, good for them in a game like this to keep the gas, you know, keep the foot on the gas pedal. It, But it's going to come down towards the last quarter of the season for them. How do they play? Can they win some big games against the Ravens and Steelers? And also, if they get in the playoffs, what do you do in there? Because for me, with the Bengals, kind of wake me up at that point, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, they they always do this. They always have some a couple decent games, and then Vontaze Perfect tries to kill someone and I don't on wanna, the field. Right, and, and I don't want to take anything away from them. They play, they've played really freaking good through the first four games. But, you know, with so it, when, Ravens. When, when a team that has pedigree that at least knows how to get to the playoffs or win a division or win a wild card spot, you know, these kind of performances do a little bit less for me than a team that's kind of, you know, rising and ascending in the league. Yeah, man. So moving on to the Oakland Raiders this against fucking at game. home against the Browns. I know this was a tough one for you. Bad coaching on both sides of the football. This game was a high-scoring game. But, I mean, I think, honestly, the better quarterback just won this game after catching a lot of breaks. Um, and, and, honestly, this Hugh Jackson lost that game. Bad coaching. They should not have been able to get that ball back. You could make a legitimate a case that conversion. this team could be 4-0. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, all games have been close. They've tied one. But, I mean, Baker Mayfield, honestly, looking at it from a Brown side, Baker Mayfield has woken this team up. Everybody seems excited to play with them. Terrible drops, man. Landry had a few. Najoku, who's known for drops, has had a few. Even the rookie Callaway had a few. Baker Mayfield probably would have won this game, and his numbers would have looked a hell of a lot better. From the side of the Raiders, we make the joke every single week, so we might as well keep it up. They could really use a pass rusher. Um, but moving on from that, I Derek, just don't know where you can find one. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Derek Carr had a very good week. Um, and Amari Cooper, you're either Amari Cooper is the wide receiver version of Blake Bortles. Are you going to get good Mar- Amari Cooper? Are you going to get the guy that drops all those balls this week? He had a really good week. Jordy Nelson had a decent week and that tight end. Jared Cook is playing really well. And Marshawn Lynch looks like beast mode again. Yeah. It's so funny with him. Like he'll have games where you, you forget he's still in the league and he looks done. And then he has games like this where he turns back the clock to 2011, like really good performance by both teams, honestly, offensively, but yeah, coaching on both ends. Horrible. Gruden could have lost that game a few times. Hugh Jackson ended up did losing that game. The Browns got hosed on a couple of penalties and, you know, Baker showed great Baker and he showed, you know, kind of renegade Baker that's going to make some very ill-advised decisions on the football field that cost you that cost you chances to win. But you can definitely see, I think you hit a really good point when you mentioned you can see that the, his teammates like to play with him. Ever since they brought him in, you know, whether they win or lose, he gives them a dimension that they don't have with Tyrod Taylor and that they haven't had from a quarterback in ever. So I, I think that, you got to be excited if you're a Browns fan, but you've also got to be really fucking frustrated because it was a feel-good story when they tied. You know, they just missed out on that win against New Orleans. They beat the Jets, and this was another winnable game. Like I said, I'm not going to say they should be four and zero, but they could very well be four and zero, and they could be three. They could be three and one. So, oh, definitely, tough man. loss for them. 
and tough loss for me, selfishly, because, <laughs> um, you know, come on. I yeah, really I'm wanted sure to were, pull ahead I'm sure here. you were screaming at that TV because there was some abysmal calls by I the wasn't, as well. I was not pleased, um, especially having to just – that I just sat on red zone watching that game right after I saw the Giants lose. So I was like, maybe my day could end right. Uh, no. Um, but, yeah, man, honestly, I you got to feel good if you're, if you're watching the Browns. The Raiders, you know, that was great Derek Carr. A really good performance by Amari Cooper. Even Jordy Nelson made a couple of plays, and Jared Cook is a hell of a player. He gives he gives Carr an opportunity to put up a lot of. What's points. funny about Jared Cook is, and a lot of fantasy players would know this. I believe he's on like year four right now. This I don't know if this is a breakout season for him or whatever, but he has been the guy that you throw into your lineup every once in a while, and he'll give you a fucking zero. And everybody, nobody likes Jared Cook. when it co- He's probably he's a great guy. When it comes to a fantasy point of view, this guy's a dick. He really is. All right, so moving on, we got the Chargers inching past, as you wrote here, the 49ers, 29-27. I had this as one of my picks, and this is my main reason for going against, for not, for not going with coaching. Wait a minute. What are not, you saying? I'm I'm not picking against I'm I'm not picking with fucking bad coaches anymore, and I'm not picking with go. bad special teams. I'm upset. This is you couldn't even bullshit. get the words out. You were so upset. Uh, yeah, I mean, this coach is terrible. This team is not good. I picked them to go to the fucking Super Bowl. I look like an idiot. You don't look smart I, at all. I mean, I understand Joey Bosa is gonna, probably going to change that defense when he comes back. It might be too eight. little, too late. D- 29-27 to the fucking 49ers. Listen, they don't care. They won the game. That's great. You can't cover against <laughs> C.J. Beathard in the 40 fucking Niners? Unbelievable. Minus every single one of their spreads by three because you know their field goal kicker, which he did in this game, is going to miss a fucking kick. And their game They've their gone team is to every goddamn managed. continent, country, school, town, anywhere to try to find a can kicker, you, can you and exp- it doesn't work out. Can you explain to me why f- their head coach, Anthony Lynn, didn't just drive a Brinks truck to Dan Bailey's house? Why well, he didn't just show up in a Brinks truck? Because I th- he had a little bit further to go to get him than Zimmer did from Minnesota. I think he got there dude. first. They should have called him the second they found out he was released. They need a kicker and they need a new head coach. We don't have to say much about this. Honestly, CJ Beathard actually did play a lot no, better yeah, than I thought. He looked a lot better I know we than were he on did last, him last year. week. Yeah. Looked a lot better than he did last year. As quarterbacks should. Your second year in the NFL, you should definitely look a little bit that better. That team's not absolved of talent on the offensive side of and the ball. They should be able to score up. some points. I mean, listen, they lost Jarek McKinnon. Marquise Goodwin's been hurt. They lost Dante Pettis in this game. I mean, that team is stripped of a lot of talent, and that defense, aside from a couple of players, is pretty bad as well. So Reuben Foster is good and a few other players. They're good at stopping the run, but they cannot cover guys. This should have been a 10-point win from the Chargers, and I'm done talking about it. So we're going to move on to the Steelers. (laughs) They got smacked at home, believe it or not, and Ben Roethlisberger usually plays really well at home by the Baltimore Ravens. They're, They're a mess. First coach fired, I think, Mike Tomlin maybe. I, I, I don't know. I don't We've know. already talked about a few that should definitely lose their jobs. I think Bill O'Brien would have if he didn't win that game. Oh yeah. I oh, think yeah. he's still on notice. I think Todd Bowles is on notice. Um, I think Anthony Lynn's on notice, and now we can just continue to move on down the line. Well, Hugh Jackson should always be fired. Um, he walks into a job on notice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, honestly, Mike Tomlin does not have this team prepared and this team is just so I, – I don't care what they say. 
they have distractions all over that locker room. You got Le'Veon Bell saga, which we'll talk about when we go into our notes. He's coming back week seven, supposedly. And now. they still, but they're still open to moving him and, and trading him. Um, like I said, we'll we'll talk about that a little more extensively in a moment. Um, but obviously, you know, you got, you got Antonio Brown for some reason always pissed at the media, even though he brings a lot of it upon himself. You got Roethlisberger who's threatening to retire, and then he feels as good as he's felt in ten years, and the back and forth seesaw with him, him, you know, seeming not like he's checked out, checked not, and then the defense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awful. The offensive line's really bad. James Conner's a really nice running back, but he's not Le'Veon Bell. And honestly, you watch this team play, and they feel like one of those fantasy teams that you put together, or like an all-star team that you put together, but they just never blend. Yeah. And that's really like I used the term independent contractors last week because that's really what it seems like they are to me. Their defense looks terrible, and their offensive line does not look good at all. Uh, This team is just this team is just in shambles. It's a broken team. I don't know how they're going to And I do come think the Ravens this. are better than we initially thought. Absolutely, man. They, they look really good. Joe Flacco turned back the clock. He looks great. They got wide receivers that can stretch the field with John Brown. And John Brown have, was a huge addition to that team. John Brown, when he's healthy, is a, ma- is a, is a great wide receiver. Michael Crabtree is a really good possession wide receiver. And then Willie Sneed, don't count him out. Is Never. A really, great, sw- great slot wide receiver. They have a good running game, one-two punch with Javorius Allen, Buck Allen, and Alex, Alex Collins. Collins. Their offensive line is great, and this defense is playing out of their minds as well. I think you know the Steelers are in a hell of a lot of trouble the way the Bengals and the Ravens are yeah. playing as well, and the Browns even. So, I mean, that- from a standings perspective, I don't think they have to worry too much about the Browns. But, yes, I mean, the you can make a very strong case that the Steelers are playing the worst football of all four teams in that division. Absolutely. I think the Steelers probably end up finishing third. But if you told me that they finished fourth and they traded Le'Veon Bell and this thing all went to hell, I wouldn't be floored. I wouldn't be shocked. No, I mean, the way it's, it's going right happen, now. But- I mean, they, they've got another tough task this week. Um, with I believe Atlanta. So I, I mean, truthfully, man, you, take the over on that. This game, team please. is yeah. This team should still score points. That their defense can't stop anything, and there just doesn't seem to be any continuity on that team. Um, a lot of drama, a lot of back and forth. You see, you know, there was just this bewildered look on Tomlin's face when Flacco threw that touchdown. You know, right off the bat, uh, on that first drive Sunday night. I think that, you know, there's something to be said a little bit about the Lamar Jackson pick. I think Flacco is one of those guys that he really likes the pressure, but you have to kind of kick him in the ass to get him there. And not that I think that Lamar Jackson was ever a legitimate possibility to take his job, but when you draft a guy like that, you do realize that the team's looking forward after a couple of pedestrian seasons. And no definitely, definitely that helps. Su- you, that Super Bowl run is now six is six years ago now. So yeah, it's not Lamar, like it was just two years ago. So Lamar that Jackson, can only buy you so much time. Lamar Jackson was the perfect guy to take right there because not only did he do the whole metaphorical kick in the ass thing to Joe Flacco, which clearly looks to be working, but he's a guy that you can also integrate into your offense and they right have. now. You know, if you go out and get a guy like Josh Rosen to give him a kick in the ass, that's all it's going to be. You're not going to have Josh Rosen running out wide or running the option every once in a blue moon or all that stuff. That guy's a true pocket quarterback. But Lamar Jackson, you can do so many things with that. You know, it, you get you kill two birds with one stone. You get a weapon on offense, and you also get a guy to give Joe Flacco a real kick in the pants. So, 
I mean, listen, this team looks like they're they're running on all cylinders right now, and I think they'll probably win that division. I mean, them and the Bengals right now look the like Bengals the best, are good. too. I go with coaches when it comes to that. I'm big into coaches now, as you can see. You're going to, yeah. I mean, but the thing that with the NFL is is it can just change so quick. I mean, from a talent perspective is who's going to win that division because whoever wins that division might, you know, might be able to steal one because whoever, you know, if you're in a wild card game, you're never guaranteed of anything. So I think that's going to be a race to the finish between those two teams and the Steelers could very well be left in the dust. I want to go more to the NFC dominant and let's talk about the Thursday night football matchup that happened out in LA last week. That was the best Thursday night game that the NFL has ever had from an advertising standpoint and boy, did it deliver. I think Jared Goff is sick. I think that game was the most fun I've had watching football. uh, Maybe ever. Aside from the Patriots comeback in the Super Bowl, I think that was probably the most fun I've ever had watching a regular season football game. What a game. I mean, I got a a lot of the players on both sides in in a couple of my fantasy leagues, so that was definitely fun, especially because I started golf at quarterback. But Yeah, that's that's nice. This guy was – I love this team, man. I really do. How could you not? Sean McVay just running up the score, not giving a shit about it. I I love it, man. And not that he ran up the score in this game because they needed every point that they can get. Case Keenum on the other side, your MVP candidate. It's not candidate. Case Keenum. Whatever his fucking it's name Kirk is. Kirk Cousins. Sorry. You got to know the game. You can't just say whatever. <laughs> Kirk, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, your MVP candidate on the other side, aside from one massive error at the end of the game, he looked like an MVP he, candidate. He was matching he golf, too. pass for pass, making every throw, you know. He just actually completed rebuttal, more passes than Yeah, golf. rebuttaling golf. And honestly, man, that the although the one error at the end like that reminded me so much of the Redskins Kirk Cousins and that's what that is and that's the thing where I thought you know he could maybe get over that and and you never know what's going to happen they could have lost the game anyway but it's easy to scrutinize but you see just what he does with that team offensively He's so prolific from the offense from a from a passing standpoint. He made a couple of great plays. I mean, if you want to watch really good quarterback play, and of course, if you have good supporting cast, offensive line, running games, wide receivers, you're you're gonna look really good. But Jared Goff, match and, and Kirk Cousins in that matchup, that was like what you said. That was just such a delight to watch, especially from a Giants fan who I don't see my team score points. So being able to see quarterbacks do that, it's pretty cool to see. Absolutely, and both those teams are great. I think they're going to match up in a playoff game. I, I agree with you there. And and from the defensive side of the ball, I know they lost a the guy uh, due to some mental health issues. I believe his name is Anthony Barr. Um, that, Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin. Excuse me. Anthony Barr is the one that got burnt on that beautiful play that was drawn up by Sean McVay, my football father. And I will go into that in a minute. But Everson Griffin's one of the biggest, one of the biggest and the best players on this defense, and you could really see that it affected them. They could not get a lick of pressure on Jared Goff, which I think had probably a good amount to do with the reason why Some he of lit those them passes up. he made, though. I mean, oh, that, man. that second ridiculous. touchdown to Cooper Cup, insane. And my favorite play of the game was the Brandon Cooks. Oh no, sorry, it was the Cooper Cup play where they ran a route where it looked like he was going to go out and then just run out of bounds. But instead, McVay sent him deep, and Cooper Cup was wide open on Anthony Barr because when you get them on a crossing route like that, the linebacker has to take him, and then he just shot deep and instead of going out of so bounds. And they have so many weapons, too. Oh. I mean, listen, How does the defense guard against Their backup that? running back looks better than half of the running backs in the league. I mean, 
Gurley's just shot out of a cannon every time he runs. The uh, the Rams are actually using Brandon Cooks the way the Patriots should have used him last year. Robert Woods, who was on the Bills and was an afterthought, looks like a top 20 wide receiver. Cooper Cup is a great possession wide receiver. The list goes on. I'm not going to talk about the entire team today, but, I mean, my football dad, I am so proud of him. I really am. What what a this game, is man. so sad at this point. <laughs> it was a great game, a lot of fun to watch, and like I said, that was probably the most fun regular season football game I've ever seen. It was so cool to see. I mean, it, it really was a great game, and and you know the the NFL has wanted these Thursday night games to be more exciting, and you don't need to have the matchup of the week every week like it seems like the Sunday night broadcast is, but they've made a conceited effort to. Well, first of all, Fox spent billions of dollars to get the rights to these games, so they want good competition, and then you know on the other side is Monday night is the NFL made a conceded effort to get Monday night matchups a little bit better. And and that's great because I think that they realized, they believe that people would just sit and watch football because it was on. And then they saw the ratings and it's like, yeah, sorry, I don't want to watch a three-win 49er team play a two-win Arizona team on Thursday night. I'll so, do that while I'm watching all the other games on Sunday right. afternoon. So what they're saying is, okay, we can't isolate these horrible games and just assume because it's football people are going to watch it. So it was great to have this game on. This would have been a 425 start on Fox on Sunday. This would have been a Sunday night game. This would have been the highlight premier game of the of the week, and instead it was on a Thursday night. And I think that's big for the NFL, and I think it was great for – the L.A. Coliseum was electric. They say that's not a football town, and maybe they're just bandwagoning it. But I tell you one thing, it looked electric out there. Yeah, and it I think like Ma- a lot of fun. I think McVay and that and that whole group, the way they run up the points, the way that they the way that they play with that chip on their shoulder, and they're nasty on defense, and they got some psychos, as you coined that term when we did the preview. It's great for them, man. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to watch Rams football. Yeah, you know they lost uh, Marcus Peters and Talib. They lost, uh, I believe, Talib for a little bit longer. He actually went on IR, but. He's scheduled to come back in about seven weeks. Peters should be back in a week or two. But, you know, if this team's just going to keep running up the score and they can get a lot of pressure on these quarterbacks, they still have two better corners in the NFL to cover. So, I mean, I think they can score with anybody, maybe excluding the Chiefs, but I wouldn't even say that. I think they're still probably as good of an offense as the Chiefs, maybe a little bit better. And they're, they're gonna, right there. So they're going to whoop up on that division too, that they play in. I mean, they, they got the Seahawks this the week. The only competition they had was the Niners and that's clearly done. And that's probably done. Yeah. So, I mean, what a team, man, a lot of fun to watch best Thursday night game and probably not, ever. And, and the best football game I've seen in a long time. And let's not discount the Vikings before we move on in the next game that, that they rebounded very well from that gutless performance against the, I love using that word when it's, when it's deserved against the bills the week before at home. And they came out firing, uh, you know, Kirk cousins looked really good. They, they'll get everything together. I think that they could very much win that NFC North, and I, I do believe that these two teams will be playing in a meaningful playoff game come yeah, January. Yeah, absolutely, man. That team, that defense will round into form. Zimmer's too good of a defensive coach not to get that And they have a out. kicker, too, now, which will make a big difference in that close games. That is definitely a big deal. And just want to say I do know Case Keenan plays for the Broncos, but let's go ahead and move on. You sure? Yes, the Bears absolutely killed. Now, this is your boy, Trubisky, who you just love talking about how good he is, right? 
I still think Mahomes is a better quarterback, and I still think Watson's a better quarterback. I give I'm a lot of credit. I'm fucking with you, by the way. We both <laughs> course, shat on Trubisky. I, I he just give, had the game of his life. I still give a lot of credit to Matt Nagy. That he He's another one of these offensive-minded young head coaches, and I think he figured out a way. I mean, the Bucks are a fucking terrible defense anyways. Dude, and can I you, think he can figured you change? Out, sorry to interrupt, but can you change quicker? Than the than the what the Buccaneers did in their first two games, the feeling that they had around that team to the no, next man. two. I mean, listen, that's what Fitzpatrick will do to you. He'll turn into into you know nothing very quickly, and Jameis Winston is immediately that starter again. I don't know if that's good or bad. I think he'll probably be a top twelve fantasy quarterback, but he's never aside from winning the college football playoff and all that good stuff back at Florida State. He's never been a winner in the NFL, and you know I think that team's probably going to finish last in the division as we expected. Just a little bit more of an exciting start. But back to the Bears, the team that actually mattered in this game. Mitch Trubisky has the game of his life. Khalil Mack is probably the MVP, and a defensive player has not won in a really long time, but he has completely changed that team and turned them into most likely a playoff team. And Matt Nagy looks really good as a head coach, and he's starting to round into form. Trey Burton was a really nice pickup at tight end. That team spread the ball around better than I've seen the Bears spread the ball around in a really long time. Taylor Gabriel getting 25% of the target share. Obviously, Allen Robinson rounding back into form, coming off that ACL injury last year with the Jaguars. This team looks really good. Cohen had a good week. And obviously, Jordan everyone had a good week that was yeah. wearing the the Bears uniform. I mean, I'm not going to get too crazy about it because I think that this was what the Buccaneers they were. You know, like honestly, we both predicted them to be god awful, and they put up quite the smokescreen in the first two weeks, and almost in a third. Um, but they're a bad team. They have so many flaws and so many deficiencies that if they're not getting ridiculous quarterback play like they did from Fitzpatrick in the first two games, they're really not good. Um, this was the best game that Trubisky might ever play. Um, so if I'm a Bears fan, I'm going to enjoy it. But another reason I'm going to enjoy it so much is he doesn't have to do this. With that defense, he could be Alex put up Smith. 21 points. And and that's the thing, like Alex Smith, like when people say just be Alex Smith, that Although comparison Alex Smith is a much better quarterback. That comparison and much more has so much like it's like the definition of average. Listen, if the Bears drafted Alex Smith and he's in the league for fifteen years or twelve years and he's playing the way he's playing, that would be great for the Bears. That, if because the this Bears division had is Alex vulnerable. Smith right now, they'd probably be four and Yeah, probably. I mean, so so I, I expect Trubisky to return to Trubisky form. Um, he caught a break. They played at home against a god-awful team that had lost all of the momentum. Seemed like once they lost that tough Monday night game at home against Pittsburgh, the air kind of came out of the balloon. Fitzpatrick went back to the Fitzpatrick that you knew in 2016. And everyone else. And everyone else has known Bills, for years. The Texans, the Rams. You <laughs> yeah. can go down the list. Yeah. So, but it's more fun when I mention the Jets. Um, so, How's Eli playing? <laughs> after two Super Bowl MVPs, not good. Um, <laughs> so, But, yeah, I mean, that, that was my takeaway from that game. If you're a Bear fan, it's not going to get higher than that. So, Enjoy no, it. but this defense is going to keep you in games. Cleo Mack Trubisky, is a fucking freak. And he doesn't have to throw six or seven touchdowns, whatever he threw. If he can throw two a game, that would be great yeah, for them. And, and, they have and the not offense turn the ball over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he just needs to show a semblance not of Not be Mitchell Trubisky. And competence as well. Uh, but moving on to the next game, the Dallas Cowboys go to 2-2, two and two, beating the Lions in Dallas. 
this one's on this one is on uh, Matthew Stafford, and this one's on you know my boy, <laughs> Matt the Patricia. rocket scientist. Listen, the Cowboys did the same thing they did every week except for one thing, and this one was like the most obvious thing ever. They got Ezekiel Elliott a lot more involved in the offense. Especially at the end, uh, that deep pass set up the game-winning field goal. Yeah, man. Uh, they should have never had that ball in the end again to, to win that game, but you know what? They went out and won it. Hats off to Jason Garrett and that wonderful coaching staff well, down there in Dallas. So this Sunday is going to be a battle for who might get fired first between Jason Garrett and Bill O'Brien. So... I mean, honestly, I'll take, I'll take Bill O'Brien. Both seemed like they had their jobs riding on that Sunday performance. So Jason Garrett's had his job riding for years. I don't know what the hell is going to happen in Dallas. They need to make some changes. But Dak Prescott did play better. He did. So. Yeah, and, and the Lions seemed like they have a, had a little bit of a letdown from that Patriot game. So. I think this Lions team's better than what they played on on Sunday. Yeah, I do too. I think there's there's somewhere in the middle. I, I really think that like they are they are an average team. Yes, absolutely. If that game's in Detroit, I think they won. They win that game. Most, yeah, definitely. But you know, Patricia is Patricia. Right. He had his week. He had his fun in the sun. It's over. Sorry, destroyed over. you. Yes, <laughs> of course. He must have heard. He must have heard how I talked about him. <laughs> um, moving on, the next game. Who's this fucker, Tom? That has to. <laughs> Making fun of my pencil. That's um, right. But moving on to the next game, we really don't have to talk much about it. The Packers beat the Bills 22 to nothing. Aaron Rodgers was upset after the game. The offense didn't play as well as he wanted it to. There was no roughing the passer call on um, Clay Matthews, but Rodgers looked a little bit better moving around this week. Maybe it is not an ACL. Maybe it's just a slow healing MCL injury, which usually takes a few weeks anyways. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate, but all I'm going to say is what I saw with my own two eyes was that he moved around a little bit better than this this week than the previous three. What I saw were two things. Actually, three. One, the Bills really do suck, and that was more inexcusable what the Vikings did the week before. Two, that was the best that Aaron Rodgers has looked yet this year since injuring that knee. He, he was running around with a little more confidence, and you know, knowing that he's going against an inferior defense, um, he was not happy with the performance, obviously, um, but 22 nothing, you can't sneeze at that, especially when they need to win. And the third thing is, can they please stop wearing those awful uniforms from, like, the 20s? Those things are disgusting to look at. That was, like, honestly, like, what watching. An, what an observation. Oh, my God, dude, they're awful. It's, like, those 1930s, like, they're, like, gray and blue. Like, they're just, they're awful. Um, I put those with the Steelers Bumblebee jerseys <laughs> to get that out. But, yeah, I mean, Obviously, if you're a Packer fan, that was a game you had to win. The Bills showed that they are one of the worst, the two worst teams. I think it's them and the Cardinals. You can flip a coin for whichever one. They had their best day uh, in Minnesota. They were not. There's a good chance that they win one more game the rest of the way. All right, so moving on to your Arizona Cardinals. They got beat by the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks are not very good either, and they lost probably their best player in Earl Thomas. We'll talk about that a little bit um, later in the Great notes, exit, by the way. But I don't know what the water boy had to do with any, yeah, anything. With him him off. <laughs> yeah, flipping off the whole sideline. Yeah, I, I don't know what any of those guys had to do, but I think that was more of a message to the front office. Oh, of course it was. Um, Rosen looked okay. He looked he yeah. looked like he's going to have a decent um, NFL It's not career. a great defense, so he took advantage of some holes and some weak spots, especially once Thomas was hurt. He but, looked competent, though. Yeah, and that's what you we're using see. that word a lot, but it's like honestly, some From of these guys you have. You want. I think that's a fine word. To, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be saying that year five. Trubisky it looks was competent. competent. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, he belongs Russell, on a field, but you don't want him on that field for too long. Yeah, absolutely. And Russell Wilson does not look like the Russell Wilson of old. He really doesn't have that many weapons. Doug Baldwin's still a little banged up. Didn't have his running back in Carson, although Davis had a really, really good week. And he's not getting the rushing yards. I think he's got 75 rushing yards or something through through the quarter of the season. That's not even close to his average throughout his career. The Seahawks team looks bad, and they're going to have to start taking it down you know, getting early draft picks and hopefully building it up around a little bit older veteran Russell Wilson. I think that's what they're going to do. Um, but you know what? I don't care. I You can't complain if you're a Seahawks fan. You won one Super Bowl. You should have won two. You went to two, and you did. You were the first team to do it. They were one of the best teams in the NFC for the last four years. You took advantage years. of that young quarterback salary before you had to pay him, and you built a really good defense and a serviceable offense around him, and now the Rams are doing it and a few others. So Listen, this is what Eagles. happens in the NFL unless you're the New England Patriots, right? I mean, you have your you have your run for a couple years, and then eventually salary cap hell c- kicks into gear. And the biggest thing is, is when you draft a quarterback in the third round, you don't have to pay him shit for a long time, but once you start paying him... You know, you're you're gonna that's gonna come at the expense of some of that great defense. I mean, we saw it with the Ravens from 2000 on. We've seen it with a lot of teams. You know, you just can't keep those guys. So it Bottom is what line, it is. Both teams aren't playoff teams, and Russell Wilson doesn't really have a lot to work. No, that's bad there. NFC West, but especially now on, with Garoppolo out. So that wraps up our our recap of last week, Week Four. Can you believe that we are a quarter of the way through the season? That is. You know, I said it last week. We wait for we wait for the season all year. You follow the draft, then you follow preseason. You watch Hard Knocks. We're already a quarter of the way through, man. It is depressing. It's depressing the fact that I'm this upset about a game, and it's also depressing that we're a quarter of the way through. It's depressing that we have two locals where the seasons are basically over, but the rest of the league, I mean, there's a lot of great storylines. I'm glad that this week, my take, my biggest takeaway from this week was not even an individual game. It it, you know, there's going to be referees games that dictate outcomes of games every week. We know that some are more egregious than others, um, but it seems like they kept the flag away from the field Unless when it came the Oakland Raiders when games. it came to some of the passing or the roughing the passer. Yes, calls. yes, it I agree seemed with that. like the memo kind of got passed along, saying, "Listen, we understand and we appreciate you really instituting this ledger that we're trying to put in here, but also." This is not what those fans want to see. Use your discretion unless it's really, really obvious. Keep the flag in your pocket and and let the guys play football. And it was an enjoyable week. There were a lot of really good games, whether we got hosed with our picks or not. Absolutely, man. This this is one of the more fun weeks of football, starting off with the Rams and then capping off last night with a great game from Patrick Mahomes and the Yeah, Kansas if you City if Chiefs. you could bookend a weekend where you have a really good Thursday night game and a really good Monday night game. That's what the NFL wants, and it seems like that's what they're going to get now. And, and as fans, it's even better. Yeah, not more, not much more than you can ask for. But we did bring up Earl Thomas. We're going to move along into that, a guy that is holding out and a guy that probably should have held out in Earl Thomas and did a holdout of his own. Uh, he did the honorable thing of playing and not completely holding out, but he sat out during practice, said, even if I have so much as a headache, I'm going to sit out, and the guy fractured his leg or did whatever, and now he's out for the year. Cost and he's, himself a lot of money next he's year. He's going to be looking at a one-year deal, 
maybe in the one to two million high range. High incentives. Yeah. It's that's tough to you see. You feel so bad for a guy like that because he was, you know, the soldier there that went through the Legion of Boom and and stayed and and saw a lot of his contemporaries being moved out, shipped out, retiring, you know, signing elsewhere. And he plays with the giant chip on his shoulder, and I think that he wants the young guys to, you know, kind of adopt that mentality that made him and, and the rest of his rest of his teammates so good for so long. But also a really bad look, just flipping everybody off. Listen, we I'm on his side when it comes to this stuff. You know, we've both said it at nauseum. NFL players have such a short self shelf life. You got to get that money while you can, and if you de- and if you deserve it, you really should. The Seahawks are in a precarious situation because you don't want to pay a really good player a lot of money for a long-term deal when you know he's going to be the lone standout on defense that's rebuilding. So, you know, tough look. I think it's the frustration of a couple things. One, not sitting out and, and holding out for that money. Two, costing himself a lot of money going forward. And three, just being on a team that has systematically broken down over the last year and a half. Yeah, and I agree in a sense. You know, the middle finger probably wasn't a great look for him, but I think anybody with a semblance of a brain realizes that that was more of a metaphorical middle finger oh, yeah. to the Seattle Seahawks. Gave Le'Veon Bell a lot of vindication. Absolutely, and Le'Veon Bell tweeted at him saying, get right, bro, and, and I'll be the bad guy for the rest of us. I mean, listen, it's tough to see with Earl Thomas, and it just completely justifies what Le'Veon Bell is doing. I mean, aside from the fact that he just wants to keep his body right and get paid, which, in my opinion, in any profession in your life, you got to worry about you and your family first, and then once you get paid, a la Julio Jones or any of these other players that are getting paid, go out there and play, put your body on the line, and do what you got to do. You got paid, stop complaining. I completely agree with everything Le'Veon Bell is doing. First of all, would you want to go into that shit show of a locker room, a team that's one, two, and one, or whatever their record no, is right uh, now? And now he has added to that over the last few years, but but no, I, I wouldn't. And I think that he's been the best running back in football, man. I know. Listen, off the field, he's not. That's what I'm saying. He's not a you know a choir boy, but. You can't ask for more on the field, and that's pretty much what the NFL but expects ag- is the results. Right, but again, man, you know, that's the thing is that you have to take into account the team that's around you. Earl Thomas is one of the best safeties in football, but he's on a bad team. I mean, that Steelers team is, is you know, just a loose cannon, and they're not winning, and if you have him putting up yards but not winning and putting his body on the line, you know, that's that gets toxic. He's already had a little bit of a history of that. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I mean, I don't blame him. I think we don't only, know him, but I'm I think saying, the only reason Odell's been so quiet is because he got paid. If this was last year, he'd be going fucking nuts on the sidelines. Well, he did have a quote in the paper saying it shouldn't be this hard, which it really shouldn't be this hard when you have those. Yeah, but kind he's of not. He's not. You know, kicking the the kicker's net anymore and fighting. No, nah, he is still showing emotion on the sidelines. I've seen a lot of which clips is fine. of that, which I, I completely player. expect. But when it comes to Le'Veon Bell, can't blame the guy at all. They're saying he might come back week seven. But there's also uh, supposedly a hot trade market out there for him. If I'm a team, I'm not. I'm probably lowballing it because, again, first of all, if you try and make a trade for this guy, it's basically a no trade clause. He has to sign the franchise tag. And second of all, you're giving up a lot of assets for a guy that can walk in free agency next season. So this is this is not the easiest situation in the world, and we're just gonna have to see how this one plays out. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm very interested with what's going to happen over the next few weeks. Week seven was a week that he said he could come back. The Steelers, you know, want him back. 
but I think they also would be very entertained with the prospect of trading, in particular if their season continues to go south as it has been so far. You couldn't far. blame them at all. You know, you might as well give up the guy because they're not going to invest in him long term. So really, what's the what's the harm in it? You know, I I think the percentages of him getting traded go up every single day. It's just we'll see what value they get for him. I'm thinking maybe a fourth to third round pick. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, every week that it goes, I think his value goes down. So I think you're looking at possibly a fifth and a conditional pick. Wow, okay. I mean, uh, a team's going to get a really good running back that hopefully is in shape for them. But uh, why don't why don't we give a recap of our picks moving on after that? We're just going to have to see how that Le'Veon Bell thing plays out because, geez, it's like Jimmy Butler. We just really have no idea. Um, so the New York Jets play the Denver Broncos next week. But why don't we go ahead and recap our picks from last week before we go ahead and preview those games? Sorry about that. So you and I both went two and two. You were and just you were just ready to put last week yeah, behind. Yeah, I, I was just gonna <laughs> let that one slide by. But then you know I I said I probably shouldn't just for the the three fans that we have out there that are keeping track and growing. Yes. Um. We're knotted up right now, man. We're a quarter of the way through the season, and we have the same exact record. It's not good. It's not good because— And we have yet—neither either of us have yet to go over 500. No, because you know what? I had last week in the fucking goddamn Browns— You felt, you felt this past week how I felt, I felt the about, week before Yeah, that. with the Lions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and the Bears not the, being able to cover the goddamn spread against the Cardinals. It's brutal. And then going out and putting up— a, a 45 10 points <laughs> against a better offense but whatever it's one I of those years so far so the first quarter of the season's behind us as you mentioned in your last, narrative last, let's move on yes last week you and i both went uh dead even with the locals we we were in lockstep on that one jacksonville minus seven and a half jets were at jacksonville that was a that was an easy one right there, and the Giants, much to your dismay, my New Orleans Saints favored on the road at the much Giants. Much to my dismay, but much to my expectation. Yes, minus three point five points. They pretty much pulled away on. Well, Kamara pretty much pulled away on that yeah. one in the fourth quarter. And then for my picks, I went with the Philadelphia Eagles minus four at Tennessee. This is just a matter of Carson Wentz still rounding into form, them having zero running game, and that defense still trying to figure things out as well. And Mike Vrabel being a pretty damn good coach, and that team with Mariota coming back healthy, I should have known a little I'm bit better. I'm still surprised you picked against them because you, you've been singing their praises all year. I just thought Carson Wentz was going to have a big-time game his second week back, but clearly I was wrong. The next one is the one that really breaks my heart. This was my last pick of the week. The L.A. Chargers minus 10.5 at San Francisco. Jesus Christ almighty. That's all I'm going to say on that one. Anthony Lynn, you should be probably working on the NFL Network, or maybe we could have you as a third co-host on the pod. You shouldn't be coaching the Chargers. That's all I'm going to say <laughs> about that. You had the Pittsburgh Steelers at Baltimore. Oh, sorry, Home at Pittsburgh. Baltimore. I, I'll figure this out someday. It, ha- it says it right on the sheet. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um. This one was just a bad pick by you, bro. Just a bad pick by you. I, I, I thought they were going to get right, and I guess I didn't buy too much into Baltimore. Obviously, hindsight being twenty twenty, that was a mistake. And and I did the same thing. You know, I gave you shit for Vrabel, but all I've been doing is shit-talking the Steelers and how much of a dysfunctional situation that is. But I just thought with their pedigree and their experience that they were going to rise up and win that game Sunday night. And they just laid an egg. They pulled. They did their best Giants imitation. 
Oh yeah, man, absolutely. I, they're, 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 I think they might be worse than the Giants. They're definitely more of a shit show. I think than they're the more disappointing because yeah. they actually have been putting up points over the last few years. The Giants really looks like just just the calendar never turned, and it's still 2017. Damn, you're upset. Um, all right, Only so this was this was the most heartbreaking control, one you had. Here? <laughs> yes, you had Cleveland playing at Oakland minus two and a half. Yeah, this one was a tough one, man. This one was like my Bears one. Uh, I don't even know what to say. This was bad refs, bad coaching, and a couple mistakes by Baker Mayfield and a lot of drops by the wide receivers. I don't regret the pick. I'd do it again. I, I wouldn't regret the pick either, man. I think a few weeks down the line in the season, maybe Baker Mayfield grows up a little bit more. Maybe Hugh Jackson grows up a little bit more. Not, but. <laughs> maybe Hugh Jackson isn't coaching anymore. Exactly. There's a much better chance of that. But why don't we look ahead to our picks this up-and-coming week, I already had mentioned that the Jets play at home against the Denver Broncos, and this one made me raise an eyebrow to it, but then I started to justify a little bit. The Jets are favored by two and a half at home. Denver coming off a short week, and the Jets are at home. I am going to take the Denver Broncos in this game. I think Case Keenum has a get-right game here. The Jets are just the coaching man. I, I you know, I'm not a huge fan of the Denver Broncos coach, but I'm a less lesser fan of... Todd Bowles right now and I think Denver is going to get a ton of pressure on Sam Darnold and they also have a good running game and I think Case Keenum is at this point in his career a better quarterback than Sam Darnold and this is just a more talented team now I'm going to do something here oh god all right now I circled the Denver Broncos but the more that I was mulling it over I'm going to go with the Jets. All right, man. We're going to start going against each other and, a little and, bit more. Well, it's not even that. All right. Here, here's the reason why. The Jets played about as good of a game as they could have played on that opening Monday night game in, in, in Detroit. And since then, they had a really bad homecoming against Miami. And they awoke possibly a sleeping giant in Cleveland and ignited the Baker Mayfield era. Pump the brakes a little. And then they got destroyed by a team that's a lot better than them in Jacksonville, who I think could be playing the AFC Championship again and possibly break through uh, if the cards are dealt right for them and they go to a Super Bowl. Wow. So, the, the, I mean, the talent oh. is undeniable. But here's the thing for the Jets, right? Think of the trend that we were just talking about. There's some teams, there have been some coaches that are really on the hot seat and have really bad starts of the season. And they seem to, whether it was easily or not, find a way to win. Denver's on a short week. Denver, a disappointing game last week, could have won. I'm not going to say should have, but could have beaten the Chiefs. Little letdown flying cross country, early 1 o'clock game. That's always tough for those West Coast teams. I'm going to go with the Jets. I think they need a win. I think Darnold plays a little bit better, and as all the Jet fans are down on him, I'm going to I'm gonna say that they're going to get this game. I think they're going to cover. So give me the Jets. All right, man. That that You you definitely made the case for them there. I think you were making more of a case for yourself there, convincing as you were talking yourself into that No, pick. it was just, you know, as we were discussing the rest of the way, because when, when I looked at the slate, I was like, Denver, come on. That's, this is it's so easy. But the more that we were discussing other teams and other scenarios and just going through the slate of games from this past weekend, I, I think that there is potential there for the Jets to just get – take care of business and, and kind of surprise the Broncos, kind of punk them a little bit. I think the defense plays better. Um, they sure as hell need to. So um, 
I'm it's like, all yeah, about I'm gonna defense go and discipline, man. The two Ds right there. I see. I could see them winning this game, like. 17-14, something like that. 17-13. I think Denver 17, puts up a few 13. more points than that. Maybe, but this could be one of those few Case Keenum stinkers. And, yes, Case Keenum's on the Broncos. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the other local team, the New York Giants travel to Carolina to play the Panthers. They are six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Give me the Panthers. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That how defense, how is this defense stopping? playing well and coming is, off a bye week, that team is going to be so ready to play this game. How is this Giants defense stopping Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey? There you go. And, and Greg, yeah, I mean, they off got... Off a bye week? Yeah, come no. on. None. They, absolutely not. I mean, and it's in Carolina. It's not like the Giants have any semblance of a home field advantage. I can't remember the last time they won at home. But the Panthers are just so much better than the Giants are. It's not close. I mean, this is a six-and-a-half-point spread. I think Carolina wins this by 14, 17 points. Whoa. I was going to say 10, but Jesus Christ. All right. So those are the two locals. I'm going to go into my two picks now. First game I got is a 1 o'clock game at Kansas City. Kansas City minus three against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I understand the Jacksonville Jaguars have a really good defense. I just don't think their offense can keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs. This one's a little iffy, and I'm starting to even question as I talk about it just because Kansas City's got a terrible defense. Jacksonville has a really good defense. I just – Patrick Mahomes, man. So he's not slowing down yet. No, he is not slowing down yet. I think Andy Reid's got plenty of time to plan for this defense, and I think that the Kansas City Chiefs probably win. I might even get – I'd probably get a push on this one. They'll probably win by a field goal. But I can see them eking this one out by six points. I, I definitely think this offense is pretty high-powered, especially if Fournette's still nursing an injury. You're putting way too much on Blake Bortles' shoulders out, you know, going on the road after a win against the Jets. I think that Kansas City definitely wins this game. Moving on to my next pick, I got a new segment that I've been workshopping. Everybody talks about their lock of the week, the blood bank pick of the week. When you go to the blood bank, you donate all your blood, you get all that money, and you put it in. This is my sperm bank pick of the week. <laughs> <laughs> this is my you know this was my this was my version when I had the the Patriots going to you know Detroit and beating up on Detroit. Guess what? I was wrong about that one. So uh, my bookie was definitely hitting me up on Monday about that one. But this is my sperm bank pick of the week. Lock this boys get out there. Do what you got to do. But uh, get get a couple bucks. Give, call up your give, bookie. Give Tom a put moment. Put this bet in. I have the L.A. Rams minus seven at Seattle. I'm taking the Rams. Book it. Sean McVay is going to run up the score on the Seahawks without Earl Thomas. That defense is literally nothing. Russell Wilson has not been playing well at all. I think they're going to get a ton of pressure on him. Give me him. Well, fuck you and your sperm bank because that was going to be one of my picks. And now <laughs> I'm changing this up because I have to on the fly for the sake of the show and our and our dignities, of which there is not much oh, of. Oh, stop it. You're just trying to beat me, and I totally respect that. And that is why I went first because I happened to see that on your paper. And I was like, let me jump out in front of Sean and take my sperm bank pick here. What a clown. <laughs> All right. So now I'm going to I'm gonna start with the first pick it's that I had written baby. down. Yeah, gamesmanship, my ass. All right. We're going at Pittsburgh. The Falcons travel to Pittsburgh. Now, the Falcons have been in about every single game they've played. They haven't been able to close. Whether it's not being able to get Julio Jones in the end zone or whether it's the defense not able to stop somebody, boy, does Atlanta need a win. And I really, I'm, I'm, I'm switching 
really quick and shifting my course on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last week, I picked them to win at home. And after seeing that display, still no Le'Veon Bell. Atlanta's got to get a win to keep pace in this NFC South. I mean, I am imagining Carolina's going to win this week. I mean, they gotta, they gotta, they gotta stay in it. So I'm going with the Falcons at Pittsburgh at minus three. They're gonna cover that. They're gonna cover that game. Definitely take the over in this game too. Oh my God! It's not yes. even sixty. Yeah, Jeez. there's there's gonna be a lot of points scored. I think Ryan has another big day. I think the Steelers' offense does come back to earth, but how are they stopping that Atlanta offense? I I don't see a way. And now, because I'm gonna have to go on the fly because you're a dirty rat. Um, I am going to go with Cincinnati Bengals are minus six. They're home against the Dolphins. Andy Dalton's played great so far. Dolphins just had a really shitty week in New England. And I think we found out that they're a Fugazi, they were a Fugazi three and oh. I thought you were gonna go win. Now they're three and one. I thought you were gonna go win and doubt go against Buffalo. I'm not doing that. That's too easy. Gamesmanship, man. Come on. I got to sound a little bit better than that. <laughs> and knowing my luck, they'd go in and kick the shit out of Tennessee. Um, so, but no, um, this is a minus six at Cincinnati. Cincinnati at home again. Miami, I think, is, you know, they're a little shell-shocked from that game, and they're not going to get up from it. Uh, I think they fall to three and two. Cincinnati continues to go, you know, solidify themselves as one of the best teams in the AFC and the best team in the AFC North. So give me the Bengals covering the minus six at home this week in week five. All right. So that about wraps up the pod. I got a lot of editing to do on my sheet. There you go, man. Why don't you get on that right now? <laughs> that that about wraps up the pod. We have another pod coming out next Monday. We may have a three-pod week next Yeah, week. we got to do an NBA preview. We've been teasing it, and now it's time with the regular season. And I think it's two weeks from tomorrow it starts. It's yeah, nuts. it's crazy. Hopefully there's a little bit of movement and something to talk about when it comes to Jimmy Butler. So Tom was happy seeing preview. Mitchell Robinson play last night in a preseason game. Yeah, the Knicks won. Lonzo Trier looks great. They're going to probably win the championship this year. <laughs> it's, it's not a big deal at all, but that about wraps it up. Um, we will be back on Monday talking about the MLB college football. It'll be the everything pod. We'll figure out the schedule next week, and we'll definitely send out a few tweets about it. Speaking of Twitter, follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, on Instagram at Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website SorrySports.com, and shoot us an email at Sorry Sports at Yahoo if you got any questions, suggestions for the show, anything along those lines. That is going to be where Sean and I are the most available. We'll be checking that far more often than Twitter or anything else. Um, and go Yankees! Go Yanks!